0: All right. So we spent a good, fair amount of time discussing uh, this uh, this first point of the scriptures, and we start off talking about the scripture because the scripture is what sets everything else in place for us. It's our it's our foundation. It's the it's the baseline. We we cannot approach any other matter doctrinally, theologically, kind of the same. Ecclesiology—how we do our church, how we organize the church, how how we—even our conduct in life—cannot be determined outside of Scripture, right? So we approach everything through the lenses of the Scripture, right? Because we believe that. And I'm just going to read off my my six points that that of one-word points that he gives that we have in our in our uh, our section here because it's inspired by God. It reveals God's purpose purposes for us. It's inerrant, it's God's revelation, it's uh, uh, unity, it's together, it's, it's cohesive in the way it speaks together, and also it's authority over us. So we start first and foremost of the scriptures, that it is scriptures alone that we look to as our authority. Does that make sense? I thought we had some good discussion on that, and, and um, if you, please go back if you missed, uh, listen to those. Uh, I think it would be helpful in hearing some of the discussion as we went through uh, um, those passages and those those points uh, together. James, read point two for us, please. Point
1: two. Though. Yeah, of
0: true God, okay. of the true God. Okay. We believe
1: that there is one, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. the only one living and true God an infinite and in- Intelligent spirit, whose name is Jehovah, the maker and supreme ruler of heaven and earth, and expressively glorious in holiness and worthy of all possible honor, confidence, and love, that in the unity of the Godhead there are three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, equal in every, in every divine perfection and executing distinct and harmonious offices in the great work of redemption.
0: All right. Very good. So this, we talked about uh, the doctrine of God, who God is. Now, of course, we spent several weeks uh, talking about talking about God. We, uh, we spent another six weeks or so going over the holiness of God with the, the videos that we watched by R.C. Sproul, and and so we we got a good dose of these uh, this truth all already, um, and so we understand some of these points. Uh, speaking of the doctrine of God about His holiness. Uh, he's worthy of, of worship, worthy of glory. Uh, we, we talked about the, the Trinity and the distinct persons of the Trinity, uh, the, the unity of the Godhead, uh, even, even the, with the distinct persons, and then the roles of, of the Godhead. So we are starting off, if, uh, if you know the gospel, we're, we're starting off now kind of in a gospel message, right? This is, this is where you start when you share the gospel with someone you start with the Godhead. You start with who God is. Right? You don't have to go about the Trinity and all that stuff, the details, and, you know, unless you have to. Uh, but we start with the holiness of God. We start with the, how, how we have violated the, the holiness of God, how we've rebelled uh, uh, against God. So before we get to uh, um, the, the goodness and greatness of salvation, we must talk about the holiness of God, how holy God is. And then that gets us to the, set. the third point, which we're going to talk about tonight, is the the fall of man. So right here, we're going to walk through uh, the gospel. We're going to walk through how to even present the gospel right here in our statement of faith. I think I mentioned that one of the purposes of the statement of faith, or one of the, I guess, uh, unintended intended purposes of the statement of faith, is that you can use it as a way to share the gospel with someone. Because here it is. It's right. It's what we... It's what we believe. So there it is. So we're set up right here. The scripture alone and of the true God. The doctrine of God. And now let's talk about the fall of man. Questions so far? Anything and recollect, recalling anything from, from last week? Okay, good. Kelly, would you read uh, point three for us, please, of the fall of man? We believe that man
2: was created in holiness under the law of his maker, but by voluntary transgression fell from that holy and happy state, and in consequence of which all mankind are now sinners, not by constraint but choice, being by nature utterly void of that holiness required by the law of God, positively inclined to evil, and therefore under just condemnation to eternal ruin, and without defense or excuse.
0: All right. Important point here, right? Important point. There are six of them that we're going to make, and each one of these, each one of these lines, we're going to walk through the text. So let's go ahead and start turning to our to our passages. Uh, Abby, would you go to Genesis one, and um, you can read actually all of them because we're just going to do Genesis one, and then we're going to do Genesis two. So Genesis one twenty seven and then verse thirty one, uh, Genesis two sixteen. Three or just those? Just just those. Wait for it. Wait for
3: it. You got it. Yes. So twenty-seven. Um. So God created man in His own image, in the image of God He created him. Male and female He created them. And then Thirty-one. And God saw everything. God, and God saw everything that He had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day.
0: All right. Go read Genesis two sixteen.
3: And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, "You may surely eat of every tree in the garden."
0: Okay, verse seventeen two. I'm sorry.
3: But of the tree of knowledge of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely
0: die. All right so we see verse uh, chapter 1, 27 and 31 right points that we understand points that I think we believe already that God created man and then when God created man, what did he say that it was? Mm-hmm. That it was good, right And in our in our created state as our as our statement of faith tells us here is that man was created by God in holiness, in purity. Innocent, right? Still separate, in in holiness, right? So, so, so we we get that we understand. It's kind of hard. It's a hard concept for us to understand. Uh, and in a sense, it's it's a, a perfection in a sense, right? And and who and how God has uh, created us. And then we see in Genesis two sixteen though that the command of God was that we were not to eat from the tree of. Uh, of the knowledge of good and evil. And if we did, we will die. We will surely die. Meaning that even though we were created perfect and pure and holy, there was still the ability to sin. Right? So, um, the way that we would say, by the way, my my word for this first point is just creation. Right? Uh, For this first point, I kind of give a a one word uh, summary for each one of these points. Creation. Um, and that we were, we were created able to sin, and also, we were also created able not to sin. So, created able to sin, and created able not to sin. Does that make sense? The will of mankind, at this point, was completely free. you get that? At this point, we believe in free will. Man had the freedom here. Created able to sin and not to sin. Okay? Uh, and, and under the law of his maker, which we know that to be God. And there's the law, Genesis 2, 2.16. Okay? So here we are. Here's, here's the original state of, of mankind. Now let's look at point two. But by voluntary transgression, fell from that happy... Our holy and happy state, by voluntary transgression, fell from that happy, holy state. Alright, so, uh, let's see here. Kelly, go to Romans 5, 5.12 for us. And you just stay in Romans 5 for a while, okay, because we're going we're gonna to... Go to a couple different passages there in Romans five, but look at Romans five twelve. My 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 topic for this one or my my little summary is moral freedom slash original sin. And you can go there, go for it. Read it.
2: Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sin.
0: All right, so here sin entered into the world through one man. That would be Adam, right? And death through sin, through voluntary sin, transgression of, of uh, and transgression, and fell from that holy and happy state. So no longer innocent, no longer pure, no longer separate. In that happy state, right? I think that, that when we get there, happy state, that, that union, that perfect union that we had with God, that fellowship that we had that we've had with, uh, we've had with, with God. So, so we were created, able, able to sin and able not to sin, but now, but now we are born not able to not sin. Does that make sense? created not able to not sin. Not to sin. So just put it right here. We were born to sin. I'm coming off of Latin terms. That's why it's like that.
4: <laughs>
0: I not want to tell you guys that, tell because that's actually really cool. But... Um, I'm just nerding out on it. I'm sorry. Now born, not able to not sin. Can you imagine? At one point, at one point, mankind was only two people, and like 45 minutes later, it all it all shifted. The complete change to where to where we were unable, or we were. Able to sin, able not to sin. Instantly, when we we went to sin, and now because of the, the fall and because of death, that's the death that's entered into the world. Now to sin, and that's original sin, and that's original sin. All right, I think we're building right. We get this. We understand that. Very important. All right, so let's look at uh, let's look at the third third line here. Right, so we fell from that happy holy state. Look at the third line. You still in Romans five, Kelly? Yeah. Okay. 19. Not. Don't read it yet. I'll just. I'll tell you when. Um, and um, Savannah, I want you in John three. Miss Diane, can you look at Psalm fifty one five? All right. Here we go. Let's. Let me read that. Let me read this third line. Here we go. Not constrained, but choice. I'm in the wrong line. Sorry, numbers mixed me up. In consequence of which all mankind are now sinners. So here's the death that's coming to the world. That in consequence, because of the fall, the voluntary transgression, right? Willfully disobedient. Wasn't tricked, they willfully did it. Right, we want to say, well, the serpent made them do it. That's what they said. They were guilty. In consequence of which all mankind, thats pretty inclusive, we're not excluding anybody throughout all of history, are now sinners. So here's my, my little line for point number three, the fall of man. Romans five nineteen. 19.
2: For it is by one man's disobedience that many were made sinners. So by the one man's obedience, the many will
0: be made righteous. Amen. So we have the, the contrast in this passage of 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 the, the the disobedience of one man, which was Adam, right, and then the, the obedience of another man, Jesus. One brought death, the other brings life. And we'll talk about the 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 life in the next in our next point, point four of way of salvation. So here we see where sin, sin has been imputed, the nature of sin has been imputed to all of mankind from this one man. From Adam. Has been imputed to all mankind because of our Father. Adam. John 3.6
3: of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is
0: spirit. Read that again, everybody listen.
3: That which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit
0: is spirit. Alright. What is of the flesh, what is born of the flesh is sinners, what is born of the spirit is spirit. Scripture is giving direct uh, um, um, separation, dichotomy between the two. Psalm 51.5
1: Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did
0: my mother conceive me. Wow, that's pretty. uh Yeah, read that one more time.
1: Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive
0: me. All right, brought forth in an iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Is David just throwing his mom under the bus here? What is he speaking of? His, Born. Born. Condition. his condition. His his condition. His condition of the the fall. How he knows the, the how sin has come upon him. Now he, this is if you know the psalm. Psalm fifty one is the, the psalm of repentance, and and particularly the, the situation with David and Bathsheba, right? This the sin there, and then the uh, um, the the murder of her husband, and and we see this is his repentance psalm, like where he repents of it, and and he sees this sin as being a part of that nature of who he is, something that he was born with, not something that he just chose, but something that he was born with. Very good. Let's see, I was going to read Romans 8 for us, Romans 8, 7, For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. The fall of mankind is as such as that the mind that is set on flesh is hostile to God. Like, not indifferent, not just I don't want to be there, but the state of mankind puts us into such that we are hostile to God. Like the little kid who's hostile toward the teacher, that's the hostility of mankind, all mankind, toward God because of the fall. Because of the fall, and we could continue. Right? Can we just continue to to list off these passages more and more of, of describing the state of of mankind? Absolutely, we could. So we are um, we are sinners not because we sin. We sin because we are by nature sinners. We are sinners not because we sin; we sin because we are by nature sinners. It's our nature; it's who we are. All right. So there's there's point three. Let's look at uh, point four. Point four. Not by constraint, but choice. Not by constraint, but choice. Now, what does he mean here? Building up now what we've been talking about. What does he mean here? Not by constraint, but choice. There's
2: nobody making you do
0: it. Aha! Very good. Very good. Y'all understand that? Did you hear what he, uh, Kelly said? No one's making us do it. We'll That's right. That even though it is our nature, we're still doing exactly what we want to do. We're not being forced into, into our sin. It's what we desire. We may not desire what's desirable, but it's what we want. It's what we're, it's what we're going after. We have a we have man is moral responsible. Is morally responsible. That's my, my little word for this one. Morally responsible. That man is responsible. We are responsible for our sin. Every single person is responsible for their sin. Regardless if they hear the gospel or not, everyone is responsible for their sin before a holy God. No one Is innocent. No one is innocent. Isaiah 53 6. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of his own Christ. But the, the beginning verse is what shows our point here. The beginning of that verse. We've gone astray. And we've all turned. We've all turned to our own way. Not not to what the person's making me do. Not toward what the devil wants me to do because he's forcing me. But because of what I want. Because because what I want to do, what I want to do, we are morally responsible, each and every one of us. Abby, are you still in Genesis? No. Yeah. Oh, never mind. I switched to Roman switch to read
3: like.
0: Okay. Genesis six twelve, I'll read that one. James, you look up Romans three, ten through eighteen. You see that? It's not I didn't write that one down. I actually wrote that I wrote it down and put it on the sheet there. 15, ten through, 10 18. through eighteen, yep. Three. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you when to read. Genesis six twelve. And God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt for all flesh had corrupted their way on earth. You talking about things going bad really quickly, right? Going bad really quickly. When sin entered the world, when the world fell, it fell hard. It fell hard. And we're we're talking what three chapters later? Now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God and the earth was filled with violence. Nothing new there, right? And God saw their abuels corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted their way on earth. Go ahead, read Romans 3 for me, James. 10 through 18. Y'all listen up to this. Oh, 18. 10 through 18.
1: As it is written, None is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All had turned aside, together they have become worth worthless, no one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave, they use their tongues to deceive. The venom the venom of ass is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness, their feet are swift to shed blood, and their paths are ruin and misery, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes.
0: Did y'all hear that? This is the state of mankind. We just sum it up right there in verse 10. None is righteous, no not one. No one understands and no one seeks after God. This is the state of This is the state of mankind. This is who we are outside of Christ. Look at point number 5. Any questions on that one? Point number 5 being by nature utterly void of that holiness required by the law of God, positively inclined to evil, and therefore under just condemnation to eternal ruin. Things are getting worse, aren't they? Kenny, look up Ephesians 2 for me. Carson, you got Romans 1. Read 18 and verse 32. The word that I'm using here, and this is one we're we're familiar with, we've heard it before, is depravity. The depravity of of man. We're familiar with Ephesians 2. right? We've we've heard this. Read read it to us, brother. Remind us. 1-3, yep.
5: And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature
0: children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Amen. Now the, the nice, the great thing about that passage is this passage is a reminder. It's a reminder to the church, to Christians. But you were... Right. Past tense, this is not who we were and who we are anymore if you were in Christ. You're no longer no longer dead, verse four, but God. Rich in mercy. Right? Um, but but look at that. Look at that state. Dead. Following the course of this world. Romans one, verse eighteen.
3: For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth.
0: For the wrath of God is revealed against all ungodliness, against all ungodliness, against those who are against depravity, those who are depraved, those who are lost. And and, and sometimes we and just saying that word, those who are lost, doesn't that kind of presume some kind of innocence in the sense? I'm not saying let's throw it out, but but doesn't that presume innocence? Like,
1: because it makes you think, like, if you're lost, you're. You wasn't mean, my fault. No one told you or. Wasn't my you fault. Make up so much yeah. Excuse. yeah.
0: That's right. That's right. right. I'm not saying throw it out. Don't throw that word out. You know, But but think of that. Because I use it all the time. But there is no one innocent. We're, we're depraved. Read verse 32. Though
3: they know God's righteous decree, that those who practice such things deserve to die. They not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them.
1: Mm.
0: Speaking of the the, the unbelieving mm. lost, I use it again, world. They know God's righteous decrees, and He's and He's speaking of what has been revealed, right? In general this general revelation, and then also the the, the conscience, right, of, of mankind. There's a a common grace there that we know what's right and we know what's wrong. It says even though they understand, they know what is right in these areas, right? What does it say? They not only do them, but they give approval to those who practice them. Hmm. Sounds familiar. All parts of our human nature have been affected by sin. All parts of our human nature has been affected by sin. Any, any questions on that?
5: I was just going to add, Ben, it's kind of like a cliche. It kind of really holds true for this, I think. You know, misery loves company. If, you, if you're around someone mostly that, or very similar, hanging around, they they very much drive to get you to do the same things that you're involved in. Yeah, And, you know, that's one thing you have to be careful about. And I, with kids, I've always told them that, you know, um, you, you have to look at it like this. Who's leading whom? You know, if, if they're having a negative influence on you, then you probably need to separate. But if, you, if you're having a positive influence on them, then then good. But it's you know, it's kind yeah. of be careful
0: there. Yes. And, and just like we read in back up in verse 18, is that uh, uh, those who are un- in, their, in their unrighteousness and given over to this unrighteousness, they suppress the truth. They, they suppress the truth. Have you, ever, have you ever spoken to someone who is inc- absolutely wrong? Right? I mean, Put, it, put whatever you want, right? Maybe it'd be a friend, and they're cheating on their spouse, right? And, 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 and they come to you seeking counsel, and, and, and yet they want, in some way, want you to agree with them, and they give you all the lists of why it's okay. And you're sitting there thinking, what is wrong with you? There's, there's nothing that you can give me. There's no amount of, of excuses that can say that this is going to be, this is going to, this is going to justify Right we, supp- we, we suppress the truth, we, we see what's right, we see what's, what's, what's correct, and yet we suppress the truth. I, I don't want to harp on like, too much things of, of our culture, but, but isn't it the, the I mean, just look what we've done to biology. Natural biology that we learn in kindergarten. And now we're telling kindergartners that they're wrong, that there's no such thing between a boy and a girl. And everybody can use the same bathroom. It's, it's nuts talking about suppressing the truth. Right, this this these ideas don't come from nowhere. The corrupt fallen world. Y'all know this, you don't need me to preach to you. Let's look at the next one. Point six. Bill, would you look up Ezekiel eighteen? Carson, since you're still in Romans one, look at verse twenty. Richard, would you look, look for Romans 3.19? Point six. So here it is, right? I'm going I'm to read point four again, and then I'm going to read six on the end, or point five, I'm sorry. Being by nature utterly void of that holiness required by the law of God, positively inclined to evil, Therefore, under just condemnation to eternal ruin, what does that mean, just condemnation to eternal ruin? We discuss this point, but what does that mean? Hell. hell, The wrath of God. Get We're getting what we deserve. It's what, when, you, when you sin, no matter what it is, the, le- the level of your sin is not the determining factor. It is the, the level of holiness by which whom you sinned against. So every sin before God is cosmic treason. I think I learned that. We learned that word from R. C. Sproul, didn't we? It's it's cosmic treason, and therefore infinite sin deserves infinite wrath. I'm sorry, I can't wait to get to point three. <laughs> I can't wait to get to point three because that's what I deserved. Man, doesn't, that's what we deserve. We deserved such damnation, such condemnation, such wrath. and a lost world, that's facing the same things, and they're blinded to it. Or the light to them. The same ones that we were just using the example, they're lost. Have compassion on them. With just condemnation to eternal ruin, point six, without defense, or excuse. There's no standing up before the Lord and justifying your sin before the Lord. Saying, but God, I didn't get this, or but God, I didn't get these things. We we are without excuse. We are without defense. When you stand before holiness, you are condemned. Ezekiel 18.
1: Yet you say, Why should not the Son suffer for the iniquity of the Father? When the Son has done what is just and right and has been careful to observe all my statutes, he shall surely live. The soul who sins (laughs) shall die. The Son shall not suffer for the iniquity of the Father, nor the Father suffer for the iniquity of the Son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself
0: i.e., you will be held accountable. i.e., we will be held accountable. Romans 1, Carson.
3: For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. And these things that have been made, so they are without excuse.
0: Without excuse. Without excuse. We stand defenseless without an excuse. 319.
4: Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped, and the whole world may be held accountable to God.
0: Mm. This is the fall of man. This is the state of man. And our inability, that's going to be my word for that point, inability, inability, our inability not only to save ourselves, but we have no excuse. We have none. We all we all stand without Christ, not in Christ. We stand defenseless. We stand bare before the Lord, guilty before before the Lord. Questions on that. Comments. Seems quite hopeless, doesn't it? It seems very um, insensitive. Maybe a little unloving.
5: From a sinner's eyes.
0: Maybe a little intolerant. Culturally insensitive. Yes we do. And we go back to
5: Yeah.
0: But the but the gospel, brothers and sisters, the gospel is offensive. And and, and this is this is definitely the part the, the offensiveness of 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 the gospel. Um my my uh, my children hate getting caught just like you hate getting caught. And why? We don't want to be told we're wrong. We I mean, we don't want to be told that we're we're wrong.
5: You know, Ben. Going back to that word excuse, it just reminded me of something else. I, again, I use it too with kids. They always have an excuse for not having this or that or homework. Mm. Something that I learned a long time ago so, um an excuse. I tell them an excuse only satisfies the person giving it. Mm.
1: Yeah. You know,
5: Think of mine. We rationalize it in our own minds, but
0: yeah. It's just... yeah. yeah. To deny our responsibility. Well, let's look at point four of the way of salvation, aka the work of Jesus Christ. So here's, right, we started off with the holiness of God. God's holy, God's infinite. That's glorious, worthy of all, worship of all mankind, right worship by which he has described it to be, his trinity, his unity, and his roles, yet man fallen, deserved condemnation, death, separation, eternal ruin and separation from from God. Verse 4, just like we said in Ephesians 2, verse 4 but God, here is divine intervention. This is where, where God stepped in. I'm sorry, it's on two pages. I realized that today, and I was like, I wish I didn't do that. Better editing skills next time. Uh, Brother Richard, would you read point four for us, the whole thing?
4: We believe... That the salvation of sinners is holy, of, holy of grace through the mediatorial offices of the Son of God who by the appointment of the Father freely took upon him our nature, yet without sin, honored the divine law by his personal obedience and by his death made a full atonement for our sins that having risen from the dead, he, he is now enthroned in heaven and uniting in this wonderful person of tender sympathies with divine perfections is every way qualified to be a suitable, a compassionate, and all-sufficient Savior. Amen. Amen.
3: Fantastic.
0: So here we see the work of Jesus Christ. The work of Jesus Christ is the way of salvation. So we believe that salvation of sinners is holy W H O L L Y, a word that we don't really use too much, of grace. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. Let me assign assign some text. We have a I want to read a lot of these. Um, yes it is. Uh, Ephesians 2.5. Since you're there, uh, can you read that? 1 John 4.10 Miss Susan. 1 Corinthians 3, Kelly. Acts 15, Savannah, and I, for, I skipped Matthew 18, Carson. Can you say the word again? Holy. It's, it's written down in your paper. W H O O. No, like, w H O.
3: Like, it's just holy your word. Yeah. Holy okay. grace is what it's like. With the next okay. Thing. That's what it was the next for. Yes. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, like oh, the one, I, one I I put
0: grace alone. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I'm trying to keep like, oh, up. Okay, my own. okay. Also, yeah, I know. Also, Carson, you, don't say that yet. You also was li- you okay. also like, Oh, it's only one word. It's been like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> we believe. So we believe with the other ones. That salvation, the only hope for mankind, a fallen mankind. Remember we used the illustration many times back. I think it was when I, when I preached Ephesians 2, 1-3. through 3, Gave you the illustration about the man who is not needing rescue because he's drowning. But the man who is a, a, a sunken corpse at the bottom of the ocean. Who needs not only rescue, but needs new life. That's the salvation that mankind needs. So the only way that mankind can be saved, the salvation of sinners is holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, of grace. Now, I was tempted to change this word holy to something a little bit more like we would use, more like, uh, let's see, salvation is uh, solely by grace, all of grace, um, and maybe some others that you could put. But, but I think that this speaks so much more, because it is not just, uh, it is definitely by grace, but it is holy of grace. There's there's not one aspect of salvation that is not done by grace. It is wholly by grace in every sense of the word. Every aspect. The holistic approach of salvation is all by grace. Does that make sense? The whole thing. How about that? The whole thing is by grace. Grace alone. Right? So we've dealt with two of the solas tonight alone, already. Grace alone. Grace alone. So, let's look at the first verse. Ephesians
5: 2.5 Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved.
0: Amen. Boom. We talked about that one. Very good. Matthew 18.11. Carson. What, Matthew Right, good question. good job. So we're gonna time out here for a second. Did you know Matthew uh, eighteen eleven doesn't exist in the ESV Bible? Why? Isn't that weird? I, I read
1: Why? about that. Huh? I read about that.
0: Okay. There's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. i we're gonna kinda take a timeout and I'm gonna <laughs> please don't throw your Bibles away. All right, don't throw your Bibles away. There's a reason. Okay? So and uh, Carson, I want you to go ahead and look up while while we're talking. What Luke nineteen ten.
1: What
0: was it in Matthew what? 1811. It goes from 10 to 11. In older translations, older translations, there is a verse 11. Are you there? 19, 19, uh, 13? 1910, yeah. In older translations, verse 18 existed. It was there. And the reason is, is because in, uh, um, in a lot of the er, uh, earlier manuscripts... Right, so the Bible is given, has been put together by manuscripts of each gospel or each letter. They're all brought together, and there's different manuscripts. We don't have a copy of what Matthew wrote. Like we, we don't have that, and then so we don't have his handwriting and his signature. We, those are called the autographs. We don't have those, and praise God, we don't have those because they would turn into idols to people. As much as we need more idols, right? But we have manuscripts, so when, when, when Matthew wrote the Gospel of Matthew and started sending around the church, the church started writing it out. They started writing out these manuscripts, right and so these manuscripts were copied and copied and copied throughout the, throughout this first century, right So we have several different copies and even sometimes just fragments, because this is you know over time things go away. in the earlier manuscripts right? The ones more closely to the dating of the writings of Matthew do not have, read Luke,
3: for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost.
0: Right, so if you have one of the older translations, it's going to have that verse in there. And in Matthew 18 is the, or not, I mean, is the, the, the parable of lost sheep, is that right? Am I, am I looking at that correctly? Okay, and the Luke 19 passage is Zacchaeus, right? Yes. And so so salvation, which we talked about that two weeks ago, that passage but in later manuscripts right some of the later manuscripts it was it was added and so we have people who are looking at these all these manuscripts and they're wondering why does this these this many over here have verse have that in it and these these don't truthfully they really don't know but most of them and particularly the earlier ones don't so, the ESV translators left it out, and their theory is their theory is is they wanted to bring some kind of cohesiveness to to between between matthew and and Luke, so they added that passage to it some of the the, the manuscript writers right those who were who were copying and, and a lot of times uh, they, they think it 's because they're reading the parable of the sower and and it 's like absolutely Jesus came to seek and save the lost. I remember reading that and seeing that and Uh, From what Luke read to us, or or wrote to us, does that make sense? Am I confusing anybody? I know this is weird because you're kind of like, what the world, right? But but that's that's the way it went down. And so now that we have earlier, or we have the later, earlier manuscripts, and we have the later manuscripts, and the ESV translators have a whole lot more evidence to make that decision than some of the people who did some of the earlier translations. Does that make sense? So some of the earlier translations, like a, like a King James, will most likely have this passage in it. Will have that passage in it. And the reason is, is because they didn't have all this evidence that the ESV translators have. So another another thing, so don't lose hope in your scripture. No, don't tear that page out, right, or, or anything. But anything, praise God, the, of the, I think, a more accurate Translation that we have in the ESV, even compared to the King James Version, does that make sense? All right, I'm completely way off. But I wanted to, to to show that. If you see, well, there's no such thing as that, and why? Sir, why are they skipping that verse? Does that make sense? It's confusion. Did that breed a lot of confusion for y'all? Okay, well, don't worry about it. <laughs> huh?
4: I just that that, but
0: you didn't know what you, that you had messed up one of the other... Nope. Numbers. Nope. Didn't mess it up. Didn't mess I mean, it up. Seriously. So we're going to use Luke 19.10 because it says
3: again... For the Son of Man came to seek and to save
0: the lost. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Luke 19.10 So back to our point one. Salvation. The sinners is holy of grace. First John four ten. And
4: this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Amen.
0: So think about that passage. And this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and he sent his son to be a propitiation. For our sins. I think I might have said that right. So, so not that we have loved God first. right? We, we read that. Our, our state was in rebellion. The state was not in, in, in uh, you know, wanting to be nice to God or something. I mean, it's, it's rebellion. Even in our religiosity. even Even being a good moral person, a part of a church and such is not salvation. Right? Not that we loved God, but that He loved us first. and loved us first, and He sent, what did He do? By grace, he, he sent His Son to be a propitiation for our sins. And what does propitiation mean? took on God's wrath. Yeah, he, he, uh, Jesus paid the price, that We He couldn't pay it.
5: Uh, satisfied the wrath of God. there it is
0: satisfied the wrath of God probably the most important word of all the New Testament it's one of the most difficult to pronounce propitiation to satisfy the wrath of God God's wrath towards sinners which is just as we've already seen has been satisfied the wrath that, e- that eternal wrath that was to be poured out on us has been poured out on Christ Talk about that and more in a minute. First Corinthians three.
2: Five through seven. Yes, sir. What then is the Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you have believed, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth.
0: Who does the growth? God. Who does the saving? God. Who does the God. reaping? Right? We, we do the, like, the watering and we'll, we'll throw the seeds and plant the seeds. But who causes the growth? Who brings about salvation? God. And if it's by God, then it's absolutely by grace. Right? It's by His grace. By grace alone. Acts 15.
4: But we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they will.
0: Amen. It's building on the point. Grace. Grace alone. Grace alone. Let's look at point two. Any questions on that? Point two. Through the medatorial offices of the Son of God. So salvation that is by grace is through What Christ has done through the Son of God, right? As Christ as our mediator, Christ as our high priest, right? What's John three sixteen? Have 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 everlasting life through Christ, through Christ. through Christ. Through Christ alone. Uh, John chapter 1. Everybody turn there. John chapter 1.
4: And we'll...
2: Mm -mm. What's the word? word? Mediator. You can't tell me you're going to do
0: something. Everybody there? Mm -hmm. Here it says, John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, the glory of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Here's Christ bringing us salvation. He came into the world. It's all through Him. It is through Christ. salvation alone. It's by grace alone, through Christ alone. John chapter 1 is powerful. Alright, we'll do one more. Let me do one more. Go ahead. Thank you, Kelly. (laughs) One more. So here it is. Through the meter offices of the Son of God who by the appointment of the Father, right? and we see Trinitarian language, by appointment of the Father, freely took upon our nature. He took upon our nature, yet without sin. Yet without sin. So we have incarnation. Right? We're speaking of the, the, the incarnation here. The incarnation of Christ. God becoming man. God becoming man. Miss Diane, would you look up uh, Philippians 2? Philippians 2, 6 through 7. And Kelly, would you look up um, Hebrews 2, not Hebrews 2, I'm sorry, Hebrews 14. I'm sorry, forgive me. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. Yes. So God the Father appointed Christ, his Son, to take upon our nature to become like man in order to save man. And yet, taking on our nature, he did so without sin. Does that make sense? All right. Let's read uh, Philippians 2. This is important. 6 and 7. Yes, ma'am.
1: Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man.
0: There it is. Incarnation. Right? Taking off the... Putting aside... Putting aside... Becoming man. Humbled himself. Humbling himself. Hebrews 2...
2: Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. Yes. Since therefore the children, children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery.
0: All right. Here it is, right? Children share in the flesh and blood. Himself, He took on the same things. He took on the same things so that He would destroy the power of, of death. So here's Christ, God, becoming man. What a, what a mystery, right? This is, this is such a mystery. How does, how does God, infinite, as we read in the, in a, uh, right back before in John chapter 1, who was right there in creation, part of creation, E- eternal pre-existent himself how does God put on put on flesh and, and yet not be stained by sin right here's we have the we have the the, the two natures right the, the two natures of Christ the nature of man of him being man and flesh and yet his, and the Godhead the deity. anybody know what the uh, um, the fancy theological term for those these two natures are in coming together? You know no. it's a cool word. The taking on the the two natures and into one person. You remember. Might know it's called the hypostatic union. The hypostatic union. I was actually i will kind of seeing Bill. Will remember? I'm just kidding. The hypostatic union. Really, really cool, man. Because it's a and it was something that was dealt with. Right? This was something that ch- the church has been dealing with, and and it had been dealing with, and it's still being dealt with people still want to deny the deity of Christ in one way or another or they want to deny the, the humanity of Christ because surely God couldn't become like us how can or, or other other way around how could how could he really feel the way that we feel he must be more of a man than he is more of God Gnosticism basically yeah there's a yeah, early forms of it absolutely yeah um, and, and uh, this this idea this this union of two persons and uh, our two natures in 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 one man, thankfully the the church settled this, right? Orthodoxy. This is this is right orthodoxy. This is this is right, and it's good for us to know this, right? To to know this because this is what um, false religion and false teaching goes after, right? They go at scripture and they go after Christ. They go after they they go after him, right? Jehovah's Witnesses. This is what they do. And they, this is what this is what they go at. They don't believe in the hypostatic union. Mormons, they don't believe in the hypostatic union. Right? And and so this is this is very important, right? That that Christ, although taking the form of, of man, was unstained by sin. He is the impeccability of Christ, the sinless nature of Christ. He was without sin. And it had to be so to accomplish <coughs> salvation. If he sinned, then he was just like us then he was just like us. If he was just a really good guy, then he's just like us and salvation is not has not been accomplished.
5: All more no reason the importance of the virgin birth
0: of Yes. Very much. So there we go. So we did grace alone, mediator, incarnation. Next week we'll cover the the next four and we'll get on to we'll get into justification. Any any questions so far?
4: Give
0: me your little three little headings again. Okay. Yeah, grace alone. I I put mediator, and then incarnation.
2: Yet without sin.
0: Yet without sin. Impeccability. Impeccability. It's right there. Incarnation. Impeccability. And y'all saw that when we looked at these verses, particularly in Philippians two and uh, and, and in Hebrews two, this this very case, the very case of, of Jesus coming in the flesh. He wasn't he wasn't just a spirit that looked like a human being, right? That was um, that was a, some people believe, right? Or he was just the man who just called himself God, right? Right. So this is real important here.